0: You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. We are back with another episode of Gospel-Centered Rest, and joined again with Pastor David Robinson and Pastor Byron Burton, and it is good to be back and uh, just back in the, in the is this the podcast studio? Is this what we're going to call it? Back in the studio? We can call it the studio. The studio. <laughs> there the you go. Uh, <laughs> discussing the gospel and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary, weary and heavy laden impacts our daily life and our eternity. Now, today we are focusing particularly, one of my favorite words, on um, Acts chapter 8, And in the context of what's going on here in Acts chapter eight, where there is heavy persecution, there is some difficulty uh, going on in the church. We've just experienced Stephen being being martyred, uh, the apostles scattered, believers being scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria, Um, all kinds of things happening with with Saul ravaging the church as it's put in um, chapter 8, verse verse 3. So there's so much going on in, in this chapter. And the question that we want to answer in the next few moments is what is their response to what they're facing? And how can we learn from the church's response in this moment, in this chapter, what are some things that we can learn that we can apply to our current context? So to begin our discussion, did I get it all, David? Hi, that was that, is that was good. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Yeah, you- It because... It was a devastating time. Yeah. It was awful.
1: It was awful. So many Mm -hmm. awful things are packed in the first four verses. So Mm -hmm. we
0: do want to know what, what can we learn from them? How did, Mm -hmm. how did they respond? Definitely. Definitely. So Byron, would you like to begin our conversation and maybe just, just even touching on that whole idea of how they were scattered and they went, they were scattered and went on their way, preaching the word in verse four. um, What do you, what do you have to say? Mr. Byron.
2: Well, if you pick up there, it really gives us the direction. Those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. Well, who were they? Back in verse 1, we've already been told that it's not the apostles. It's, It's not those who had this special training. It's all the new believers. The apostles stay behind. It's everyone else that is scattered. So this persecution comes They're in shock, as Mm -hmm. what's happened to Stephen. Then they're having to leave behind their their livelihoods, their history. They're going out, and they're not the ones who spent three years with Jesus. They've been listening to the teaching. They've been devoting themselves to it. They've been lapping it up. And God uses them as Mm -hmm. they go on their way in all these different directions. They go out, and they're sharing what they've learned. They're sharing what they've heard and telling other people about it. And God just blesses it. So it's incredibly encouraging because it's not. Sometimes people say, well, I haven't been to seminary or I haven't been a Christian for very long. Neither were they. And that's Mm -hmm. no obstacle to God at all. They're just sharing what they knew, what they had learned And God blessed that, even in their pain, and and even in the the confusion and the turmoil and the upset. Talk about real persecution, as Mm -hmm. David was mentioning on Sunday. The contrast of this is what it was like for them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything that's written in verses 1 through 4, as Byron has mentioned, you're just on the edge of your seat saying, okay, what did they do? (laughs) And they went and continued to speak about uh, the Messiah. They proclaimed the Messiah uh, to Samaria and to Judea, and it would have been brand new territory. But it, it, I was interested in one thing that you said, Byron, um, God uses them. And you can say that throughout the entire book of Acts. It's, it's that, that's, that's a really good phrase actually, because by, in, in Acts chapter one and two, you're saying, can God use these disciples, these apostles? can God use Peter Uh, because he just denied Jesus three times, Jesus restores him. But in Acts two, there's this bold unhindered proclamation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the call uh, to repentance and and baptism. And we're, we're left after Acts two saying God uses them. Uh, And then in Acts chapter eight, God uses them. And then in Acts nine, Mm -hmm. Saul who will be sent into the Gentile, God uses them. Uh, And, Uh, just some of the other characters that we meet in the book of Acts. And then we bring it to us and to people who listen to this. And we ask the question, can God use me? And Acts answers that question. God uses them. So what is, but why does he use them? And I Mm -hmm. think that goes back to Acts chapter one and two, that sets the stage where in Acts chapter one, verse eight, uh, the Holy Spirit comes in order that uh, those who know him, specifically right now the apostles, um, will receive the Holy Spirit uh, or will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses. Yeah. So the entire book of Acts is really not the acts of the apostles, but the acts of God through his son, Jesus Christ, um, through the Holy Spirit, yep. uh, empowering witnesses. So when we get to um, Peter preaching or when we get to Acts 8, we should we should expect that God uses them. Yeah, um, because in, in Joel or in, in Acts 2, Peter begins with Joel. And he basically and I, I understand that prophecy is, a, it, you know, can be controversial, but we're not we're not talking about the role of prophet at this point. We're talking about prophecy. And Joel as a prophet um, in the Old Testament was a messenger. Uh, He spoke about God. He warned um, the people. He called people back to God. And that's what a witness is. That's what they Mm -hmm. that's what Peter did in Acts 2. That's what they did in Acts 8. They spoke about the Messiah. They were witnesses. But why were they witnesses? Because the Holy Spirit had come upon them in power Mm -hmm. so that they would um, be able to spread the gospel and that's so encouraging for us during the pandemic because we're worn down at this point. Yeah. 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 We're exhausted at this yeah. point. Um families are exhausted, marriages are exhausted. And you say, uh can I be a good witness? Absolutely. Yeah. But not because you yourself are a good witness, but because in the New Testament the New Testament church is the work of the Holy Spirit um empowering us to be ministers of the gospel uh, in, in various places that he has called us to be. So I love what you said. It, God uses them. And during the pandemic, you get worn down and you say, well, God, can God use me? And it's like, ah, man, he's, he doesn't seem to be using me in my marriage or my family or my workplace or my church. Um, or I don't, I, I don't get that sense that he mm-hmm. is. And, he, but he hasn't stopped. Um, he, the Holy Spirit will empower you to minister well to your family or in your marriage or in the church.
0: Why do you think sometimes we get to that point at different times of life and we, we wonder, like, is God using us? Mm-hmm. Uh, is God using me? Is what I'm doing worthwhile? Um, I can't see anything, you know, anything glorious happening. If you think about it in their context, it's almost the exact opposite. They saw some pretty remarkable things take place. Um, and then all of a sudden, all of these oppressive, um, hard things that they had to go through as a church, they were, they were dealing with, sometimes we can find ourselves in that same, in that same spot of life where, uh, you know, you go through a pandemic, everything kind of looks different and you're just, you're just wondering, what is God, what is God doing? Can he actually use me in this moment? Yeah. And why, why do you think that we, that we get to that point?
1: I think we get to that point because when we ask the question, the focus is on me. Yeah. Like why isn't God using me as if God isn't, or if God should be using me in a Mm -hmm. different way. That's discouraging. Um, Even in acts eight, it would have been discouraging to go out and say, can God use me? Uh, What can God do in the midst of persecution or in a place where they've never even heard or they, well, they have, but the, the the gospel hasn't really impact, hasn't impacted that area. Mm -hmm. So, It is a battle of the heart, especially during a pandemic or during God's providence, providential ways that we would not have chosen to go through. That God is the main character. We are not the main character. And if we were to ask, um, if God is the main character, we wouldn't be asking, um, why is God or how can God use me? Mm -hmm. Or why is God not using me? It's God, with the emphasis on God, uses God. Um, me by the empowering presence of his Holy spirit with a specific ministry to speak about the Messiah, to Mm -hmm. live out the Messiah. So we, it, and it's hard, like when you suffer, it becomes about us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's part of the immaturity of the Canadian church that's being shown at this point. Um, So much has been about us and we're having to depend on God in a different way. Um, But then we're also watching God as he, uh, opens up doors, and as he spreads the gospel, yeah. even during this time. Yeah. Byron?
2: Just ironically, you know, you think if you'd been in Jerusalem at this point, you're seeing all sorts of people come to know the Lord. You've seen people being changed and impacted. Mm-hmm. And then God pulls all of you out of town. Yeah. And you think, but I was just getting ready to share with my boss, or yeah. I was just, you know, they... and you think it wasn't what they planned. Yeah. It's it... totally beyond their planning. It's not what they would have constructed, but God knew what he was doing. And, and as we see, you know, as we carry on, they're the seed that, hmm. that takes the gospel and it goes first beyond Jerusalem and then beyond the Jews and just keeps going.
1: And it was, it was almost, I don't want to, I don't know if I'd actually, well, I'm going to say it. It's, it's almost like a second Pentecost, understanding there's only one Pentecost, but Acts yeah. 8 resembles um, Acts 1 and 2 in the sense where uh, the Holy Spirit comes on them um, after. And I think that's brilliant because you run into Acts 8 and you think everything about Acts 8, the gospel should have dwindled um, and the church should have shriveled up or the church should yeah. become political, yeah. um, and fight the powers that be. But the greatest power is God. Yeah. We have the Holy spirit. And so what you have in Acts two, you have in a large degree in Acts eight, and you'll have an Acts 10 and 11, um, and throughout the book of Acts. And in fact, God's doing the same thing around the world. Um, and if we were to take cumulatively everything that God's doing, we would just be astounded. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not always in terms of salvation, but just in keeping people's lives together lives that are worshiping God when the world says curse God and die like Job's yeah. wife said to to Job which by the way I know this is a bit of a sidetrack but yeah. Job's wife gets a gets a pretty bad she rap she does I mean that she that, that she she is just I know that it's not like you don't want to say those words yeah. but man you're just watching your husband go through what he's gone through. Yeah. She's lost her family. She's lost everything. Mm-hmm. Um and we expect her to be mm. the great encourager just like we expect everybody to be the yeah. great encouragement all the time. And sometimes you're just going to say things that you, yeah. you, and and but
0: but you know at the end of Job she doesn't get railed against yeah. by God. Well even like even speaking of Hebrew um, you know, <laughs> this is funny. We're yeah. talking about Job's wife all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden we're talking about his wife. But did you know in the, in the Hebrew, um, it can also be translated, bless God and die. So there's another way of looking at it where you could think, well, maybe she's just saying to him, you know, why don't you just get put out of your misery? Uh, it could have been a really endearing thing that she said, but, uh um, doesn't he say anyways,
2: foolish woman? Does yeah. Does he respond like,
0: hey, I'm just. He's okay. just, just the messenger. I'm just the messenger, yeah. but um, yeah, it's a. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah it is. I, yeah, I think yeah. I, I think she gets. Yeah, she, she gets a oh, harder. Oh, she gets rap, trashed. Yeah, it's so bad. I mean, yeah. I
1: feel bad. Like because God when I, doesn't I,
0: trash her. No, like really,
1: no. at the end, right? Yeah. No, when Not you get to glory, you just want to go up and give her a hug and say, you know what? <laughs> <It's> we apologize because <laughs> <laughs> Canadians are good at saying sorry. So we're just sorry for how how many commentaries have trashed you over the years. <laughs> if we yeah. were in the same situation, and that's yeah. that's hard because when we read biblical characters, we're thinking, well, I would do it this way. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. What I think um, like? it would have been uh, we would have been very similar because we are very similar
0: in many ways. Well, even like when you think about. Our own lives. Sometimes we can have this perspective or this um, this this idea of what gospel ministry looks like, or what God what God working looks like. And we can say, okay, well, God working in this situation is Him is Him healing this person of their disease, or God working in this situation is Him providing us with 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 you know what we really need and what we really want. Um, but sometimes when He when He decides. What is the best thing in that situation? It's not necessarily what we would. So I think sometimes that we have these expectations that are really eternally unrealistic, because um, maybe that's not what His plan is. Mm-hmm. Um, we might think, okay, He's going to use me in this way. He's going to use the church in this way. This is the way things are going to be. But then He just He does things differently. Mm-hmm. And I think part of part of this is just having that eternal mindset and understanding that we don't understand things the way that he does and trusting him with that. And I think that's what the church does here, right? Yeah. As they are in this strange moment, yeah. um, they, are, they are trusting him, um, which applies to our situation now. Mm-hmm. So Byron, how do you see a passage like this speaking to what's going on in the church scene today or what's going on in, in our culture today?
2: I think first off, it stresses God's plans are not our plans. We may not understand why God has chosen to do what he is doing, but it does not change the reality that his plans are good Mm -hmm. and he is good and we can trust him. I don't think that meant it was easy for them to go through the experiences that the persecution brought to them. But they went preaching the word. And that doesn't mean standing behind a pulpit. That, you know, they're sharing the news, as, as Luke says later, the good news of the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. And we've seen the preaching. We've seen the way they were being taught in, in Acts 2, 3, 4, you know. So we know the bottom line is Repent find forgiveness. This is the author of life. Yes, it was evil and wicked to kill him, but God brought him back to life. And now you can be forgiven because he's the one who was promised and he offers life, you know? So that's what they're sharing with the other Jews as they meet them and they go their way. Hmm. So.
1: Yeah. The, the combination of word and deed. And sometimes it can be difficult because we think it's all word. Uh, and, you know, maybe a little deed, uh, and especially in this COVID time, as we've, as we saw Sunday morning, the world is watching and the world is listening. So what Mm -hmm. are they hearing and what are they seeing? And that was the amazing thing about verses four through eight is they heard about the Messiah. They heard about the Lord, um, the Lord Christ, and they saw, um, They saw demons being cast out, which is a statement that God wins. Um, Satan doesn't even have a chance. And they saw acts of compassion. And Mm -hmm. what a beautiful picture of what the church can be today, um, which is a church of the word, church of witness, to spread the good news of Jesus, the kingdom of God, the fullness of the work of Jesus, and be filled with compassion and moments of mercy. Um, and be a transformed people so that they know that you're in a different kingdom, you're in a different place. And the astounding thing is everything about Acts 8, and it's not even just the persecution, but when you run into Simon, um, you know, you learn a bit about the culture. And they were under this sorcery for a long time. Uh, that's what, so so how, can, how can the gospel impact long time sorcery, magic, yeah. Simon's activities? Like, uh, won't that block the gospel? Um, but when when uh, Simon's preaching, people are being saved, people are being baptized. I mean, everywhere you go, God is advancing His kingdom, and that's why we read in verse eight this surprising moment that um, while we and they probably were exhausted, um, you know, they mourned the loss of Stephen, they mourned the loss of others. They would have been sad for their friends. Um, it would have been an exhausting, maybe worrisome anxiety ridden time and yet in the midst of it all they they had joy because they saw the joy that it brought the city and that that is our prayer really isn't it yeah like that others would know the joy yeah even when everything else about this is this isn't a time of joy but people's hearts awakened for christ to say that this is where the joy is and that's the beauty of and, and the difficulty of going through a pandemic, but so much has been stripped away from our life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But now we have an opportunity to share with people, here's lasting joy, Amen. here's true joy. And that's our focus. So for all of us who are tired and for all of us who you know, have to battle our minds and our yeah. thoughts and going to unhealthy places, um, it's like Byron said at the beginning, they just went on their way yeah. and they did the first things. They did the simple things, mm-hmm. um, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and our joy is not only in the experience of the gospel, but in the sharing of the gospel, and mm-hmm. and that's our heart for mm-hmm. for the city and and for this time.
0: And I love that this passage gives a gives permission for both joy and deep mourning yeah. to be in the same yeah, room the same together, exactly. the same time. You know, we can be in deep mourning, yeah. and we can even at times feel. Uh, frustration bitterness but still still have and still be driven by the joy of the lord Um, they were deeply mourning here as it says in in uh, in verse two devout men buried stephen and they mourned deeply Mm -hmm. over him Uh, but yet still they were they were filled with joy to share that joy of christ and what christ has done so very good things to be uh ironically
2: that samaria wouldn't have had that joy yeah if they hadn't have been persecuted in Jerusalem.